You're just going to need to trust me and then also help me. <laughs> I trust you and I will help you as much as I can. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Lauren. Through years of playing together in our band Coping Skills, our collaborations have often focused more on bits and banter than actual music. So we created a space for our superfluous antics to thrive alongside music commentary, interviews, and more. This, this is More Talk, Less Rock. So this is Rachel. If this is your first time listening to More Talk Less Rock, welcome. This is probably going to be a bit of an emotional episode, uh, so I hope you stick around with us. If you are a longtime listener, but you don't know me, Rachel, personally, you've probably picked up by now that I am the one who is frequently examining my past on this show to figure out my present, the host with my heart, and and just uh, just everything on my sleeve eager to poke fun at myself while probing my own wounds. So if you do know me personally, you are probably laughing and nodding at that, like Lauren is doing across the room from me. Uh, but you probably haven't known me long enough to have been able to meet my sister, Jackie. And that's where this episode begins. I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. <laughs> um, I have like a lot of reservations about this episode. Yeah? What are they? Uh, they are that I have once again had an idea with not a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Like five days ago. and Which is more time than sometimes that I give us. Sure. But I feel like... Um, there is both more than can be contained in an episode and uh i i just you know where to even begin it's a delicate balance yeah yeah um because it really is you're definitely not gonna i think fit everything you'd want to say into an episode we can we're gonna do our best and um so, why exactly? Well, I guess should we go from the beginning? So we had <laughs> there's a <laughs> no, there's something that I I need to play that I think is um a it is definitely a, a somewhat spoiler for the tag yourself of this episode, but it is fitting for the moment. Okay. Something uh, seems to be troubling you. Uh, won't you tell us all about it? Start beginning. Yeah, yeah. And when you come to the end, <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need to do, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, start at the beginning, and when you get to the end, stop. You know what, when you put it that way. <laughs> it really is that easy. I don't know. <laughs> it is both that easy and that complicated. Yeah, exactly. So the beginning is that my older sister, Jackie, was born on November 10th, 1989, and died on June 15th, 2011, which is 10 years ago, the day that we put out this episode. Um, and a few days ago, I was in therapy being like, oh shit, 10 years is like a thing. It's like a milestone. It is a thing, yeah. It is one of, like, in the way that anniversaries are are so much and nothing at all. It is one of those. And my immediate reaction was um, one of, do I need to go spend time with my mother? And I had called her to ask that. And her reaction is, uh, oh, no, don't worry about me. Like, <laughs> I might want to just be alone. <laughs> and, and she had said, um, you know, you need to do whatever it is that you need to do for this. And I was like, well, what do I need to do? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> That's always the million-dollar question, right? Right. Um, 
the thing about my family's experience of this is that we don't talk about it a lot. Not in an intentionally avoidant, pretend it didn't happen way, but in a, we are not a touchy-feely, emotional family family. Sure. My mother is very good at talking about feelings in a way that feels <laughs> without feelings. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, talks about them like statements of fact. Yeah. More so than... It's less personal. Yeah. And so one of the things that we do on the show is talk about music and time periods of our lives and how we felt then and how we grow now. And so I wanted to just see what would happen if we, if I had a space to talk about my sister and if we did that through music. So that is what we are going to attempt to do. It is kind of the beauty of the podcast, right? Is that we, because this is our show, we can make it what we want it to be. And if you want to hold space for yourself to talk about these things, this is a space that we can hold. Yes. And it doesn't have to be polished. <laughs> it doesn't it's have not... to be <laughs> well produced. It it's is not... just, yeah. It is just, uh, it is just, it is just, it is. It just is. <laughs> <laughs> it just is going to be what it is. Well, so I guess in the vein of like exploring through music and, mm -hmm. and walking through different time periods, is there a timeline that we are going to be walking through? I guess, is there a beginning? Where we should start, <laughs> um, and then an end. Where we were, where we will end. Excellent question. Excellent question, Lauren. One of the things that I find both endearing and insufferable about myself. <laughs> the two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah, is that <laughs> they're not. <laughs> is that I have kept journals for many years, never consistently. Yeah. If I could set the scene a little bit, you do have six, six of varying shapes and sizes. Yes. Six journals, that is. Yes. Six, and then there's a, a Word document that we'll potentially be exploring today. Okay. And, well, the hard part about timelines, right, is like, for example, if I were to just pick one up and open it, mm -hmm. there is an entry from what I have to assume, because it's not yeared, but... November 15th, I would assume 2010, where I had just gotten my driver's license. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo like we always talked about. Yeah. <laughs> I did get mine before my brothers, just like, so you know. Um, <laughs> and I was feeling very free. Yeah, the first word is freedom. Mm -hmm. Um because I grew up in a place where you needed to have a driver's license to go do anything. Like, either you had to have one or your friend had to have one. There wasn't public transit. Yeah, I was going to say. There, no. <laughs> there, there were taxis that stopped driving at, like, 4 p.m. Like, I just don't. What is the use of that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that's helping. But some people, I guess. Um, then I say, but today feels even better. Uh, I ask if she, meaning my sister, uh, wants to go for a walk. My sister accepts. Today is the first day I really miss all of cross country. Today I truly miss running. She's not much of a runner. Short bursts work better for her. Then it happens. She surprises me. She points to a hill and tells me she wants to run up it and roll down. Ah, the cross country sprint. <laughs> it may be buried in her somewhere. So dramatic. <laughs> uh, I charge up the hill. I feel better than in any race of my entire life. Stand for a moment. Gaze down. Salvation, exhilaration. One, two, three. Uncontrollable giggles erupt. Crash into each other. More hysterical laughter. We're not done yet, I yell. Powerful rotations to the bottom. The world spins through my eyes. I haven't felt this good in a long time. Because we had been walking, running on a street, uh, like a country road, if you will. And on somebody's yard like further in the distance there was like a hill with like a reservoir of water mm -hmm. 
And she just decided that what we will do is we will run up it and we will roll down. <laughs> and, you know, I I write about that and then, like, clearly that meant a lot in the moment, right? Yeah. And then in August 11th, 2013, which is after she had passed, I wrote, I want her so bad. What I'd give to witness her nose crinkle as giggles of laughter erupt from her flawless smile. I need to hear that laugh, to walk into the front door and see her sitting at the kitchen table, catching a late dinner after work, to watch her burst into my room unannounced, agonizing in the mirror over four different outfits before choosing one, to run up that hill and lay by the water Jesus would walk on as we breathed in the world and breathed at ourselves, to roll down right after. Some days she doesn't seem real, like she never existed, except in our own sad memories. If I could only hear her voice again. Relive that morning, that speech where she told me I am important. If I could only ask her to stay home with me, remind her again how beautiful she is, and not just, uh, my handwriting is really bad. I'm just, like, not even trying to make a joke. It's just not good. Um... I don't know what word this is. It looks like <laughs> I, I just it's like I'm not even like I know that my mo is to make a joke when things like feel scary and serious, but yeah. I can't re. It just like I can't even make it out. Anyway, and then after that, I write four lines from a Bukowski poem <laughs> um, for Jane, and the lines are. What you were will not happen again. The tigers have found me, and I do not care. And what you were will not happen again is uh, lines that I have around a portrait of her that I have tattooed on my body, which <laughs> somebody once looked at and goes, is that you? Like I'm Steve-O or some <laughs> shit. Like I have big Steve-O energy. Um, I just thought, you know it would be cool if I just got uh, my own face. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> Perhaps that entry felt familiar to you. Yeah, I was going to say that there there are a lot of words in there that feel reminiscent of a coping skills song. Of a coping skills song, yeah. Because we process our feelings through making music. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that we do. And mm -hmm. um, the coping skills called Threnody, which was originally called uh, We Don't Live There Anymore, about a house that we had last lived in together, you know, before she died and before my parents moved out of it was then retitled Threnody after, you know, in September of 2017. I mean, I wrote this song like four years after that entry mm -hmm. was written and pulled a lot from that, mm -hmm. which only happened because you had had the bass line mm -hmm. and the vocal melody and were like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sure I have something in these 6, 17, 18 journals that are mine. Yeah. But I was on tour in Dallas at my friend Evan's house and Evan had put on Threnody for the Victims of Hiroshima. Mm. And I was like, I love that word. I had never heard the word Threnody before. And uh, in September 2017, I had written 24 years and I'm still learning new words. Threnody, a song or poem that expresses sorrow for someone who is dead, a lament, a willing ode. These are some of my favorite definitions of a word that has not left my consciousness since first hearing it. I like the way it feels, the sharp first syllable gliding across the roof of my mouth, flicking my tongue past my teeth and quickly recoiling back into its cave. I like what it means, a wailing ode and a mode of expression of grief, threnody. And I'm sure shortly after that, I was like, Lauren, I want to change the song name. <laughs> um, and so seven years later, mm -hmm. We put out this song. Mm And I just love that you sing lead on this song. 
Well, it is the the grand coping skills tradition of yeah. me singing songs about your family and your trauma. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't have words. You have words. I have more than enough for the both of us. Yeah, that's not how I, like, process my life. So, you know, if I have some music and I don't know what to put to it, then I bring it to you and say, Rachel, help me. And then, because inevitably... (laughs) I will dig through the archives. Yes. And we'll come up with something. think is interesting about that being pulled so directly from the journal is that I didn't write about it the first time but what while we were laying there before we rolled down the hill Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jackie had looked at this reservoir and was like this is water Jesus would have walked on it was like a thing that she said to me and we were I, I don't know where she had picked this up but she we were laying there just breathing and she was just trying to say I like breathe out I am without finishing like like that's like I am period you know without needing to put a word there at Mm -hmm. the end of it which I thought was really interesting the thing about memories (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, I have I have a gripe with memoirs that have a lot of quotes in them because I'm such a specific person that I'm like, you can't possibly have remembered exactly these conversations. No, I mean, absolutely not. <laughs> and in my brain, when people quote, it's like direct and not paraphrased. Because I'm so intentional with my words often. I mean, I know that I also stutter a lot, which is just me trying to use the right words. Well, yeah, it's, your, and it, it's in an attempt to be intentional. Yeah. And so I, I don't know, like part of this trying to get ready for this episode is like I feel like I have lots of like glimpses isn't even the right word or flashes but just like I I I like like intangible memories like things that I can't explain but I know are are part of something Mm -hmm. like I have this playlist and there are songs on it that I'm just like I don't even know why they're here but I know that it's important (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> like A-Punk by Vampire Weekend. Whoa! <laughs> was like a song that I'm sure that I know because of my sister. Or like Beverly Hills by Weezer was a song that like my sister was excited about when it was on the radio before. Like I first recognized that song because my sister was like stoked on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I remember driving around and listening to Empty Apartment on a mix CD she had by Yellow Card um, mm-hmm. and, and things like that that, you know, what I got by Sublime. Classic Jackie song. <laughs> um, Two Coins by Dispatch. Like, it's just like I – I love that. Yeah. My <laughs> – when I was in the fourth grade and we lived in Florida and I was on Neopets a lot, my sister's screen name on Neopets was like some combination of numbers and then something corporate and some combination of numbers. And I thought she was being an edgy teen. <laughs> you know, I thought she was just being an edgy teenager, like uh, something corporate. But it's just like the band. Like I just, <laughs> I just did not know till years later, like too many yeah. years later. Yeah. Um, that it was just the band. You know. Yeah. And so, like, I have these songs that were hers. You know. I I first heard Plants by Death Cab because Jackie was listening to the CD in her room. And I have, like, to backtrack a, a little bit, um, I clearly I keep a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I um, 
have a an ottoman with a box in it that has just like decades of cards and notes and just tons and tons of things. So while I was doing research, I saw things in multiple places and then have had trouble since being like, where was this again? So that I'm trying to find. Yeah. Have you ever cried at a song live? Um, Or not just live? Have song, have, has a song ever made you cry? You don't really strike me as a crier. I am not. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think that one has, but if I am being honest with myself, I feel like I have very often wanted to cry more often than I have actually cried. Same. <laughs> I was, you know, you were saying that and I was like, I have never said it that clearly before, but that is also the feeling. Yeah. Like I want to cry all the time. <laughs> and they just don't, the tears are just like, ha 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 ha. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Songs or live performances, I think especially are one of those things that I think should make me feel more emotional than they often do. Mm-hmm. And I like pretend that I am crying or like, <laughs> like I say I'm crying, but like in a spiritual sense, yeah. not actually like, like there tears aren't falling. tears, but I am crying. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it resonates in a way that makes me feel very emotional. Like that is an experience that I have had, but actual like tears I don't think so much. Fair. And if it has, I can't even really remember a specific instance. Yeah. I'm not like a like an at-home crier, you know, and it, or that that's not what I mean. I'm not like a like <laughs> I need to really be set off, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Not like a sit home alone and cry. No person i just no. like i'll try it's just not gonna yeah. again it's like i feel like i should it, you know i'm feeling like maybe... i feel like i even want to yeah I, yeah like i feel like this is a thing that i my body wants to do and it just yeah you know yeah i'll just like go to sleep instead yes <laughs> <laughs> and just hope that the emotions you know move through me in the night <laughs> It sounds so magical when you and say I, it and that. And I way. wake up a new, better, so more mystical, well-adjusted person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started crying more at shows after my sister died. Like, interesting. I, I went to see Andrew McMahon of something corporate, Jack's Mannequin fame, mm-hmm. um, play at a like Christian university in the middle of Pennsylvania um, in 2012, and he did a bunch of different. Oh, this. We talked to, okay, so Ace Enders opened up for that show, and I showed mm. you that song, If You're Still Not Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time I heard that song, cried. Yeah. That was the first time I heard it, cried. And then also, like, I would I would believe that I cried when if Jackson, when Andrew played Swim. That's just, like, seems like a thing that I would have done, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then when Coping Skills did the famous Fuck Me Up and Give Her tour, where we, infamous, yes. infamous yes. where we planned an entire tour around going to see Ben Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie fame mm-hmm. play a solo show in Chicago with mm-hmm. Julian Baker um, and, you know, learned a Death Cab song and a Postal Service song and it just, you know, did the whole thing. Truly committed to the bit in, but, in the ways that only we do. Exactly. I cried like three times at that show. Love just a little bit. That I do recall, yeah. But, Someday you know, I mean, I will follow you into the dark, I'll obviously. Um, not only because it's I will follow you into the dark. Yeah. But, um... It's a little on the nose. Yeah, like, like you know. But then I also cried a couple more times. <laughs> just, like, little bits of tears, you know? I didn't, like, break down, but just... Yeah. I do the dramatic, like, one tear each side. Yeah. Like, just so you know... We're not sobbing. You can not, see the streaks. Like, yeah. But, like, I'm not making a noise. Yeah, we're not making a scene. Yeah, I, I suffer in silence. Yeah. Um... And then I also cried during Such Great Heights. Interesting. Which is, I, I like, in my brain is another song that I know because of my sister. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. I, I think I cried a third time, but I would have to look at the set list to really remember. Pinpoint the, yeah, the moment. Yeah. And then I wrote Simmering after that. Mm. So, you know, nice little... Other tidbit. Yeah. It's like a you, but it's a me. <laughs> <laughs> that song is like... Um, no, you sing... 
You sing a lot of that song. No, I mean, the song is sung like it starts as an I, and then it's you wear your tears like jewelry. I see. Is a line that I say as, you know, as if it's about in the second person, when really it's a first person narrative. You're talking to yourself. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had already had this guitar part, I think. But part of the song was written on that tour in the basement in Chicago. Yeah. Um, but these lines were written after that show. Forgot how much I like the space part. It's good! This is an underrated Coping Stills classic. I'll True. just come out and say it. <laughs> like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> we are only underrated, never rated. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> what I would say is that we're not an underrated band. We are a not rated band. <laughs> <laughs> like no one is even trying to rate us. No, we're just unrated. <laughs> Not like X-rated, but just unrated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and on the note of like, usually, like, so I'll cry at shows. And there are like other times I've been at a show and heard a song for the first time and it has brought me to tears, which is like a strange thing mm. that I didn't think that I was a person that would be capable of. But I'm not like a put a song on and cry to it at home. Right. But apparently I have done that. <laughs> Do you have the evidence? Yeah, the evidence from December 13th, 2012 at 3.42 p.m. <laughs> this is timestamp. I love it. Uh, and I wrote, well, I had the same conversation with myself that we're having right now. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. <laughs> it really is. I learned so much about the ways that I am the same through this journal experience. Yeah. About how often I will just... I rearrange my room when I feel out of control. That's like like a like a decades long thing, mm-hmm. um, amongst others. But I wrote, you know how sometimes people say that they cry when they listen to certain songs. Well, I never got that, and then it started happening with certain songs last year during shows, but I still didn't really understand it beyond that. I've spent the past hour listening to the dangerous summer, preparing for tonight, and when the permanent rain came on, so did the tears. It reminds me of her. God damn it. And then I wrote, like, lyrics out in a stylized way, as if it was an AIM away message. Um, and Classic move. And it was for this part in the song, which just feels really much uh, like my experience of this loss. Mm-hmm. So what song is this? It's called The Permanent Rain by The Dangerous Summer. Okay. I have heard this song before. Probably in my car. Yeah. No, not tonight. It is sometimes when you play a song that I would not have known if I didn't know you. Mm -hmm. I get really excited. I'm like, oh, I know this one. (laughs) Yeah, I've definitely... I'm certain on tours of ours, I have played their album Reach for the Sun because I just I really really love that record front to back um yeah, the song sounds good and I really liked how you held up the notebook so that I could follow along uh, yeah because I know I wanted you to read the lyrics yeah. <laughs> for people who aren't as much of a, a lyric person that I am and can't decipher everything that they heard on first listen in that moment um that part is, can I pull out all the stops and get out of this town? I want to make you proud, but I really don't know how. I know it's not helping to hear me say, I wish it was me in the car that day. Though something made me stop and think of what you said, you know it meant a lot, but I was just a kid, uh, was was 
all of that that I had written in here. And it goes on to one with all these dreams of growing up and playing music on the road. Been screaming all these years and thinking of your bones. And then it hits the chorus. Yeah. Um, so where's my hope and why can't I just try? That's a song in a band that I've loved a lot. I, I wanted to go see them um, right before I started college at Syracuse, but I had to go to college. <laughs> and uh, friends of mine at the time who went to the show got me a signed poster. And there's, there's a song that's uh, No One's Gonna Need You More. And it's on a different record, but they got the vocalist of that band to sign a poster for me and it said we needed you more than college tonight but that's Aww. life <laughs> but that's life <laughs> i was like mm. yeah very very cute so it is very cute yeah it's the little things yeah one of the strange things about so many strange things about so many strange things what am i trying to say I just have like a Backstreet Boys song stuck in my head, just like just so. like like an intrusive thought. Intrusively, I have you are my fire, <laughs> the one desire. Do you know why I never liked In Sync? Yeah, you did. You did tell me this. Okay, this is this is good. This is good. <laughs> the intrusive thought is actually bringing in memories. So yeah, it's yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, because. Jackie said you could only like the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC, and she liked the Backstreet Boys, so I liked the Backstreet Boys. And yeah. So then I didn't really listen to NSYNC until you brought No Strings Attached into my car. Yeah, which is a perfect record. It's a great record. And I'm glad that I was able to share that with you. But yeah. I do find it – that is a thing that I never, like – I was never aware of that being a thing, of, like, there being a rivalry. Yeah. It's like, oh, boy, all boy bands rule. And I'm going to have all the CDs of all of them. Well, you've already been – you've always been one step ahead of the rest of us. Already, so. <laughs> say that <laughs> <laughs> i meant to genuinely we can make a whole episode about my <laughs> <sighs> i do feel like the next time we do uh my first time i'm going to like try to dig deep and find like the most embarrassing song that i was really into Incredible. that you haven't heard of so that you will stop saying things like that <laughs> i already have one for me so okay. it's like <laughs> okay Okay. And this is where I put it. Sponsored ad. If I had one. Sorry. Lost the happy. But the happy's back. So when I say my sister was a difficult person, mm -hmm. for all the astrology people in the world who listen to this podcast, I'm just going to say that it's not her fault. <laughs> I, I found her birth time when I was visiting my mom a couple weeks ago, and... My sister was born with a Scorpio sun, an Aries moon, and a Scorpio rising. So there's, like, just a lot of intense energy yeah. happening. And yeah. there's, like, just, just a lot of intense energy in the chart that I can't really get into explaining because I'm not equipped to be the one. But I know I can look at that and be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that explains yeah, like, so many I don't things. even really know anything about astrology, but that does sound Sounds tough. intense, yeah. So, you know. She was a challenge of mm -hmm. a person and delightful and scary and just so many different things. And as the youngest and the peacemaker, that was that was a tough role for me because it was always I, I, I wasn't I wouldn't say I was Switzerland, but I was like in the in the <laughs> in the dynamic of me, my brother and my sister, it was either me and my brother versus my sister or me and my sister versus my brother. I was never really the odd man out. Um, That's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Played both sides. <laughs> Can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> really? Were you always the odd man out? Or just sometimes? Well, I feel like it was usually either my two brothers against me or sometimes me and my younger brother and then my older brother. That's what Dep I would have guessed. Depending on the instance. Yeah, that's what I would have guessed. Yeah. As I think is already sort of clear in some of the stuff that has been said, but maybe not. Um, my sister died two days before I graduated high school. And all through the time that I was in high school, I had been in and out of rehab. So it was a challenging four years for everybody. And she was clean when she died, but had had a period shortly before that where she wasn't and made me believe that she was. 
and I defended her and stood up for her to my mother and was very, very hurt by being wrong. <laughs> and for my, we had to do these senior memory books when I was in high school because we're all children who need a scrapbook, I guess. <laughs> and they're always making us do that. <laughs> because I am not like other girls. <laughs> I had I didn't do like your this is what high school is. This is what elementary school was. These are my friends. Like this is my family. I wrote a bunch of letters to people and made a mixtape that went along with it. A mix CD. And all of the letters are directed, like written from me to these people, it's not third person, it's just I to you. And side note, just for more context about me as a human, I never finished the senior memory book and I still got 100. <laughs> and this is why I don't think the rules apply to me because yeah. I have been proven academically been that they don't. that that is the case, yeah. So, so I, I had written uh, Jackie. I'm not sure if we've ever been on a true steady ground for a very long time ever since i can remember i've always looked up to you my older sister in one way or another i wanted to be like you and i wanted you to like me though i'm not so sure you ever really liked yourself even in your darkest days that's the one thought i could never completely wrap my head around not from where i've always stood while you focus on what you're not i focus on all the great things you really are what i see isn't the missteps and the mistakes i see all the rest I see you for all your brilliance and your beauty. I see you for your creativity and cleverness. I see past all the things you've done and onto the potential you still have. But that's not always easy. Track three is yours. You've lost and gained back my trust so frequently that I'm not sure which side of the line I even want to stand on anymore. This past time hit the hardest and the wound is still fresh. I'm struggling to figure out what was true and what was manipulated and what I should even believe in. I think that's the hardest part. I had believed so deeply in you. We had been so close the past few months. I remember the day we escaped together. We drove around with no true destination, headed anywhere but here. We sang at the top of our lungs to tell all your friends, an album we have both loved for so long. And I felt better by being there with you. I remember the way you'd come into my room to tell me things you didn't want to tell anyone else. The way you'd rely on me to keep your secrets safe. The way I'd stand up for you so adamantly, not knowing that I was wrong in doing so. I don't know what parts of that are real anymore. And that faith I held so strongly is gone again. I know you don't want it to be, and I don't want it to be either, but I can't change these things you've done. Your actions become your consequences. This entire situation is yours to own, and yours to make better. And though neither my trust, nor the trust of anyone else, will ever come back as easily as you might wish, Trust is possible to earn again. And at the end of each and every day, you are my sister. You are the blood in my veins. You must remember, even when I find myself let down by you, I will never give up on you. And I will never stop loving you. And, um, so I have a brand new tattoo. <laughs> 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 because the song I had assigned to my sister is The Boy Who Blocked His Own Shot by Brand New. And the line, you are the blood in my veins, um, you know, that song really encapsulated a lot of what I was feeling at the time about my relationship with her. And back in 2011, my relationship to that band was very, very different. Um, they were one of my favorite bands. And so it's tough now knowing that something that I cared about so much um, has also disappointed me. <laughs> I had, seven months after she died, been cleaning out her room with my mom, and I found this outline of a rose that she had had tattooed on the center of her back. And so I decided to get four roses on my left shoulder blade and then have one descend down onto my ribs and get the lines, you are the blood in my veins, on that. And, and that was meant to represent, you know, my nuclear family with my sister being the descended rose and so sometimes I think it's easy to it's easy to forget that it's there because I don't it's on your at, back I don't look at it. well I don't look at my ribs all the time you know yeah but it is it is strange to like have such a personal connection to something and have a really good reason to have it and then 
also feel that like back and forth of do I have to feel weird about this because somebody else behaved poorly I don't think that you do I think we could get into a lot about death of the author or whatever but I've never heard that phrase before like does author action or author intent matter in the way that you this is you know said a lot about you know people who write books right mm-hmm. um and you can talk about how like you know people read things that resonate with them and then you know those things having been written by very objectively shitty people mm-hmm. with bad opinions and you know this is an argument that can go on forever but i think there is something to be said for taking you know the pieces of things that you need and leaving the things that you don't and it's okay to recognize that like in the case of brand new this song or this band these things were authored by a person who did some bad things but I think there is room for that to not matter because you can still acknowledge it it's not like you're pretending that that person didn't do those things but I don't know that that necessarily needs to bear so much weight on what you are getting out of those things. Mm -hmm. I hear you. Um, It's just one of those things that there are so many voices and it can be hard to take them in while also still hearing your own in the matter. It is just so tough though because I wish people would just like stop being shitty and saying bad things. And doing bad things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why does J.K. Rowling have to be a turf? Like, <laughs> Great question. Like, how dare you? Like, how dare you? <laughs> like, is that necessary? No. Like, it was never can't necessary. Can't you just, like, have your billions of Harry Potter dollars and, like, shut the fuck up? Like, <laughs> Harry Potter dollars. Being quiet is free. <laughs> you would think it's not, but it is. I wish somebody would pay me to be quiet. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, either pay me to be quiet. <laughs> you could pay us. It's way more than free. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, you'd have to pay us to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. You know, it really is. But I don't know that that's a thing that you need to... I mean, you can feel a way about if you feel a way about it. But... I feel so many ways about so yeah. many things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just have a lot of feelings. Yeah. But I don't think you need to default to, like, this comes from a source that feels bad for me now or it feels a lot less good than it did Mm -hmm. or you know feels confusing or whatever you can still take that thing for what it is and accept it for what it means to you and have that be it Mm -hmm. and still acknowledge that life is complicated and messy and things are complicated and messy and humans are imperfect and kind of is what it is definitely is what it is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah human beings really are messy and imperfect and you know my relationship with my sister is very messy and imperfect but it was it was loving and thoughtful too and to that end um i wrote a song another grief song everybody's surprised <laughs> and we haven't recorded it or done anything, but I do have a voice memo. And okay. so we're going to premiere a voice memo. Sister was the first one to break my heart, break my heart, break my heart. Sister was the first one to break my heart, hasn't felt the same since she could tell lies that sound like the truth like the truth just like the truth she could tell lies that sound like the truth i could never tell the difference I 
Everything she said to me, everything she said I can still hear the last thing she said Haven't felt the same since Ooh, Jackie Why'd you have to One last story. So as I had said, my sister passed away two days before I graduated high school. And the last week of high school where I grew up was kind of like, I mean, I'm sure it's this way in a lot of places, but it was like non-existent. So we had senior breakfast and senior slideshow that day, which means we had to go to school to like all have breakfast in the cafeteria together and then watch a slideshow of the same like 30 kids out of the class of 270, you know? And I had been treasurer all four years of the steering committee, which was just the organization that raised money for prom. Mm -hmm. And I was tired. I went in late all the time senior year. I had like a study hall first period, so I didn't see the point anyway. And I did not want to go to this breakfast thing. And Jackie was getting ready in the bathroom that morning in this like hot little cheetah print dress and like... She had a date that day, you know, like a lunch, I don't know. And I was like bitching about not wanting to go to this thing. And she was like, you're important. Like what you did is important. Like just go. Um, and we, so I, I went and during the senior slideshow, very classically, um, <laughs> Time of Your Life by <laughs> Green Day was playing. <laughs> And I was As it like, always is over a slideshow. Yeah, and I was like watching it and being like, okay, for what it's worth, it was worth all the while, <laughs> and put that as a Facebook status in regards to my senior class experience. You know, in the time when you would just put Facebook statuses as music lyrics and say nothing else. And then my sister got into a car accident and died, and everybody thought that that status was about her. <laughs> and I couldn't just be like, nah. Because <laughs> instead I was too busy, you know, like like heaving like the kid and looking for Alaska, like, like dry heaving. But yeah. like, yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> the internet. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most of the people commenting on it about it were not people I was going to talk to anyway. Right. Of course. <laughs> but well, Because the people you were going to talk to probably would have just talked to you. Yes. Instead of writing on your uh, Facebook stuff. I could go on forever about the amount of people who you do not say two words to who are like, hey, let me know if you need anything. <laughs> I'm just like. Mm. Yeah, I was like, if I do, I'm not going to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> like, thanks, I guess. But Yeah, thanks for asking me if there's more labor I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Ah, uh, we have fun here. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's what I got. Yeah. Do you think... Lovin, it's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> and you remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think that, you know, going through these journals and 
thinking through these memories and trying to create some kind of narrative was helpful for you in the way that maybe, I don't know if you wanted it to be or if you just felt like it was something you needed to do. I think it's something that's helpful in the long run. Yeah. And I think it's something that is difficult in the short run, which is, you know, reading through a decade of journal entries and not even all of them is a whirlwind. (laughs) And like, I felt very whiplashed for a little while yesterday because I think, you know, there, there is something to the, the old saying, time heals all things. Mm-hmm. Until you remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the thing that they don't say, right? Is that the reason that time heals your wounds is because the more time that has passed, the easier it is to forget. Yeah, the less, the less tangible they feel. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and the, the whiplash that I felt yesterday wasn't even necessarily or wasn't exclusively about this. It was about other, you know, situations in my life that have been difficult. And, and even just, like, on the flip side, remembering times when people who have been bad to you were nice to you and, like, showed you compassion that you forget to ascribe to them because of things that they did before and after. And you're just, like... And then just remembering how... You know, I, I have become a much healthier person in the last two years especially, but in the last four years for sure. And um, I just forget how I used to feel, which is nice. (laughs) (laughs) That is the blessing and the curse of of keeping a journal all that time. But I want, I, I, I want, if I were to ever write a memoir one day, I would want it to be as accurate as possible. And the only way I will feel okay about doing that is, to know that what I felt, to, to be able to see how I felt, because I, I don't trust my memory of how I felt. Um, I barely remember how I felt last night, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like straight up. Yeah. Um, so I think it, for me, is worth doing and worth looking at, which is why I keep all of these mementos and notes from people I don't talk to anymore and... Um, and things like that, because no one else is going to collect my memories, and my brain does not do the best job. Yeah. My brain works very hard in other ways. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Thank you for taking us on that journey. And I feel very grateful that you, over the years, have felt comfortable enough to share a lot of that stuff with me. And I'm also grateful that we have this space that we have created for ourselves to do the things that we need to do for us that other people (laughs) will not, well, I guess not won't let us do, but you know, sometimes if you are not getting what you need, you need to create that. And this is what we are doing here. Yes, that is, that is what we do. (laughs) Some people think that we're the same Call us by each other's name So it's time to play a game called Tag Yourself Welcome to Tag Yourself (laughs) We, as of this season, have a new jingle Written by ours truly To introduce everybody's favorite bit. Yeah, because I guess the idea was like we spent two seasons um, playing a game that we've created called Tag Yourself at the end of all of our episodes, and I don't know that we ever actually like fully explained what that we is did the or, first episode. Or why, or the first why. episode, we were like, so people think that we're the same. <laughs> Call us by each other's name. Now it's time to play a game called yeah. Tag Yourself, and that's not a joke or an exaggeration. No, people do it all the time. There's one particular example where somebody who had not even met Lauren that I was on tour with called me Lauren just like out of nowhere. And I was like, this can't be happening. This cannot be Why? happening. Did, you, did they just like, I think maybe, I, I just don't know. Like, I just don't, rem- I think maybe the person 
we were like pulling up to the venue and I think maybe the security person who we had just been talking to his name was Lauren. Yeah. But I don't even remember that. I just remember Alicia turning and looking at me and going, so Lauren. And I was like, <laughs> here? It's an unfortunate here? coincidence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am nowhere to be found. You are nowhere to be seen. Yeah. So anyway, all of that to say, we love to take two things and then assign ourselves into tiny boxes and also during the process say how but we're we have multitudes yeah it is um uh intentionally a very reductive exercise yes and so today because alice in wonderland was one of my sister's favorite movies we are going to do the mad hatter and the march hare mm-hmm. we considered twiddledee and tweedledum but like <laughs> what's the difference <laughs> twiddledum and tweedledumber yeah more like more <laughs> <laughs> the new name for this show. So I think this one's easy. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) And I, like, don't even really have, like, any kind of attachment to Alice in Wonderland. Really? Yeah. This was not, like, a thing that ever really came up in my childhood. Mm -hmm. Actually, I say that, and (laughs) as I was saying And now the gears are turning. (laughs) There was one time when I was in a, it was some sort of, I want to say like community theater. I can't even recall where it was, but I was in some sort of theater production of Alice in Wonderland. And I was a bunch of different parts and also the understudy for Alice. Because the director of the show told me, and I remember this specifically, but that the director told me that I was really good and that he wanted to give me more responsibility so he made me alice's understudy um which is hilarious because i'm not really a good actor (laughs) i think i was a lot better when i was a a kid yeah and as i got older and then the world made you timid and hard yeah and then i was in high school and i like never got a lead part in anything because i just wasn't that good which is fine like i still had fun doing it i when i was a senior in high school wanted to go to theater school Mm mm-hmm which is how I ended up at Fordham because they have a really good theater program and that's what I applied for. And I did not get into the theater program, but I did get into the school. And I, looking back on that now, I think I just did not want to go to school. And I thought if I was a theater major that I would have to do less work. <laughs> <laughs> and I could just be like, I could just keep being like an artsy kid. But the only like real significant memory I have of this is that show that I was in. Wow. Long story short. I don't think I've ever even seen like the disney animated movie we have to watch it we should i felt very attached to the disney animated film and like it was one of my sister's favorites it was one of my favorites when i was writing college application essays like my college admissions essays Mm -hmm. i you know we will have to do an episode about spread love because i'm not going into it right now (laughs) can we please (laughs) um but i the the tldr is that i started a positive message clothing company in high school called Spread Love. And I wrote about that experience for my college admissions essays and equated myself doing this to Alice falling down the rabbit hole because I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just fell into it and then just kept going and figuring it out. And one of the schools that I applied to early acceptance, the one that you don't commit to because I didn't go to that school, was like like wrote me in a sticky note on my except my like getting in paper or whatever that was like hello alice i mean rachel and i was like oh you're cute you read my essay um but anyway i love this movie and always have and i would say i'm the march hare and you're the mad hatter Mm. were you going to say the opposite well i think yes but only because again i my knowledge of the dynamic is I feel more limited. Like, I've seen the clips. Yeah, I sent you specific clips. Yeah. Would you care to elaborate on that reasoning? Sure. 
I will start with, so so I had sent Lauren a couple of YouTube videos about with the Tea Party from the Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. movie, and then um, also the scene in the court later. I have from there clipped out smaller parts, mm-hmm. and so there's this. Well, there's first of all the the unbirthday song. Mm-hmm. The, I do know that the March Hare takes the lead, and the Mad Hatter is singing the call and response parts. Mm. And that's much like our dynamic. Yes. Um, there's this. This is an unbirthday party. Unbirthday? Well, I'm sorry, but I don't quite understand. It's very simple. Now, 30 days have set. No. Well, an unbirthday, if you have a birthday, then you. <laughs> she doesn't know what an unbirthday is. How silly! <laughs> that's how I hear myself talk. <laughs> That's how I think I sound when I talk. See, that's how I think I sound when I talk. <laughs> like, I feel like more often than not, I'm the one that's like, uh, like, what are thoughts? But <laughs> it is more in my character to then turn that around and make it somebody else's problem. <laughs> you would not have been like, this person doesn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, probably what I would have been like is just like, looked at you and said, help me. <laughs> yeah form this into a thought because I know you know what I'm supposed to be thinking right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and what the Mad Hatter did there was just allow the March Hare to be like, she doesn't know what an unbirthday is. <laughs> yeah. How silly. <laughs> and I feel like it's more in your character to just like, let me do that and yeah. be like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> also, there is this great bit. I would say this. See how the trouble you've started? And I would I would say that to the person when you would you would think it, I would say it. <laughs> you would have the thought for sure. Yeah. I would be the one to say it out loud. I mean, to be honest, that is something that I try to live by a lot of the time. If you don't think you shouldn't talk. Yeah. Yeah. And most of the time if I'm not saying anything, it's because I don't you know, I don't think. no thoughts head empty. Yeah, no <laughs> thoughts head empty. Um, I'm not going to just say stuff for the sake of saying stuff. <laughs> Seems counterproductive. It is counterproductive. Um, I I do think this is more of a, I am more the March Hare than anybody is specifically more the Mad Hatter. And what, yeah. what really kind of set helped set me down this path is the, the Disney fandom Wikipedia page for both of these. Because, you know, you Please do... tell me more about you, the Disney fandom Wikipedia yeah, page for you do, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> you do research. It says, so under the uh, March Hares, um, it says the March Hare, just like everyone else in Wonderland, is mad. The Hare is best friends with the Mad Hatter and enjoys tea just as much as him. Although they are close and both insane... March Hare seems to be a bit more loud, rude, and energetic than the Hatter, who is a bit more gentlemanlike. In relation to this, the Hare often carries around an oversized mallet with him. He also tends to start his sentences with an elongated ah before making a proclamation. He appears to be antisocial to some degree, as he loses his patience with Alice rather quickly. His biggest pet peeve seems to be talking before you think. And then, you know... He, it says that he seems to be the only one who doesn't have any real fear of the Queen of Hearts, mm. um, being that he was capable of screaming in her face, nothing, whatever. When they're at the trial, the Queen is like, what do you know about this? And he was like, nothing, whatever. And she's like, nothing, whatever. And he screams at her, nothing, whatever. And then, and that's just fine. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Mad Hatter, for, for whom the personality says... Uh, while the Hatter is loud and eccentric and insane like the rest of Wonderland's residents, he is also rather charming and can be mild-mannered from time to time, particularly when dealing with visitors such as Alice. He tends to use terms such as my dear when referring to Alice, is shown to be courteous, and is overall the warmer side of the duo um, that is himself in the March Hare, who is far more rambunctious and outspoken. Perhaps, yeah. (laughs) Perhaps I see it. I mean, I think this is definitely a case of, like, obviously... We are not entirely one thing. Yes. And we are both very much parts of both of them. Insane. Yes. yes. Well, yes, we are both insane. I would argue in in similar ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why this works, you know. Yes, yes, of course. Um, Which is why we're alone at our tea party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, 
But yeah, the way you just described that reading from the wiki, I feel like maybe it does make a lot of sense that I would be the Mad Hatter and you would be the March Hare. Mm-hmm. Which I think, honestly, like, you know, as someone who is less familiar with the story, like, I think, I feel like you always think of the Mad Hatter before you think of the March Hare. Totally. Like, I know the Mad Hatter is in Alice in Wonderland. Like, I don't know that I remembered that the March Hare was a character. Yeah. Well, did you see, like, the the live-action remake that came out maybe a no. decade ago with no, Johnny Depp? No. Like, the Mad Hatter had a prominent role in that. Isn't Anne Hathaway the Queen of Hearts in that? I think so. That, so- that sounds right to me. Um, Something weird like that? We can We can look it up. This is not important, but now I need to know. Oh, she was the, the, the white, white queen. queen. Yeah, because Helena Bonham Carter. Carter was yeah. The, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah obviously. Yeah, yeah. 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 I do think the Mad Hatter is thought of more. He's like a more familiarly named character, which I think is why, like, my immediate instinct was to be like, if if looking completely on the surface, mm-hmm. doing no further digging, that you would be the Mad Hatter because I feel like you tend to. Because I don't want to be. Yeah. You t- tend to be more upfront. You would prefer not to be known. Yeah, I would prefer not to be known. You're yes. correct. <laughs> um, but reading more into it, I think you make some compelling points, and I think you may be right. Thank you. If you have a suggestion for two things that we can tag ourselves as, please, please send us an email at moretalklessrock at gmail.com. Before we wrap up this episode, we just wanted to take a moment to say that if you are an active drug user or you know or love people who are, one of the most important things you can do is to take necessary steps to prevent a potential overdose. Naloxone, often sold for intranasal application under the brand name Narcan, is a medication that blocks the effects of an overdose by countering the decreased breathing that occurs during an opiate overdose and can be a life-saving resource for people who use drugs. Next Harm Reduction is a not-for-profit organization with a mission to advocate for proactive drug user health resources and expand naloxone distribution, in addition to operating by-mail needle exchange and no-cost Narcan distribution programs, they also provide an online library of resources on a variety of topics, most notably how to fight against the stigma that often prevents people who use drugs from getting the proper care and treatment necessary. To receive no-cost Narcan, find a Narcan training in your area or online, or to view other available resources for your state, visit naloxoneforall.org. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of More Talk, Less Rock. We record, produce, edit, and release it ourselves, and we hope you have fun listening to it. If you do enjoy this show, please give us a nice rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the shows. Thought Stars Only. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Apparently it helps people find the show and we would like more people to listen to us talk to each other. You can also follow us on social media at More Talk Less Rock on Instagram and at MTLR Podcast on Twitter. And you can send us an email at moretalklessrock at gmail.com with any tag yourself suggestions or just to say hello. I'm Lauren. And I'm Rachel. And And we're we're just happy to be here. See, it's nice to, like, understand that you have not really fundamentally changed, but you have changed in the ways that matter and that, you know, we can at this age go back and say... (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.